Hey everyone, I'm Devin. And I'm Asia, and we're your hosts, and this is the latest episode of On, On Their, Their Behalf. Behalf. What? Your face. I was gonna not s- good. No, I'm gonna start talking, I was gonna start talking about my smoothie again, to tell the world about how good oh. my smoothie is. Tell the world about your smoothie. <laughs> and, and the wonders of Ezekiel bread. <laughs> um... No, I am officially, I've lost 20 pounds. It hasn't been based on these smoothies or Ezekiel bread because those are like my treats that I give myself, (laughs) even though they're very healthy treats. So I made a green smoothie um, before Devin and I started recording. And the first time I made it like a week ago, I was like, this is disgusting and I hate it so much. (laughs) But I've grown to like it because I've decided to put different fruit in it that's sweeter. So Mm -hmm. I put strawberries, mango, and orange juice, like fresh orange juice. And then I just take a handful of fresh spinach and I shove it in there and like hope to God it doesn't taste like straight up spinach. (laughs) (laughs) But it doesn't because mango is pretty sweet and so is, Mm -hmm. you know, the orange juice. So it sounds so good to me. I love a spinach smoothie. Yeah, it is really good. Now, now that I've like learned how to doctor it a little bit Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Ezekiel bread is just you can find it at your local grocery store. In the freezer section. We are not sponsored by Ezekiel Bread. <laughs> we are not sponsored by Ezekiel Bread at all. Which, you know, if they're listening, we'll t- I'll totally do it. I'm, I'm, I'm up is, for it. Is it a brand or is it like... It's, it's a it's brand. Like we're not sponsored by white bread. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're not sponsored by white bread. No. Um, no, it's like Ezekiel Bread is the brand and mm-hmm. it's like how oh I, okay you know what i mean like ezekiel bread is like wonder bread but i see wonder bread I makes see. white bread so yes. ezekiel bread is the brand and i think it's actually ezekiel 4 9 which is a scripture and oh. that's the the brand and then their the product is sprouted grain bread so it's like mm. really super low in carbs it's protein packed and it tastes like bread to me it can be a little dry but if you put some like butter or jam on it it's just Mm -hmm. really good i just had a and they have english muffin english (laughs) muffin versions of it jesus (laughs) oh we just started and i can barely talk um you got there in the end yeah i figured it out um (laughs) They have like English muffins and they have a cinnamon raisin one, which is really good. Mm. So it's like, I'm trying to be healthier. I'm trying to live a healthier lifestyle since I've lost the 20 pounds. I want to like maintain that 20 pounds. Yeah. And then like get used to living like this and then just treating myself with the other things that I love. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's hard, but I'm doing it. A lot of hard work. Anyways, welcome to On Their Behalf. I'm Devin. And I'm Asia. And today I'm going to tell you about a case. Now, this case is one that is ongoing. So if you're looking for like a satisfying story that's wrapped up in a nice little bow, this is not the case. Um, 
but it is one that I sort of got on my radar and I wanted to learn more about and it's um it's very weirdly like straightforward but also very weirdly complicated and uh it's just I don't think that there's like any of the answers that we want because it's ongoing um so we will keep you updated throughout you know as the case develops the best way to follow us with that is on our instagram at on their behalf underscore pod uh and make sure you're subscribed to our podcast and give us a review on apple podcasts or wherever you're listening uh and today i'm going to tell you the case on behalf of kwan charles On October 30th, 2020, Kuo Wan Charles went missing. He was 15 years old, a young black boy from Iberia Parish, Louisiana, which is about two hours west of New Orleans. Um, he was called Bobby. Like, I think everybody referred to him as Bobby, but the media and everything is referring to him as his legal name, which is Kuo Wan. Um, and I have him listed as Kuo Wan here, um, but... There are some co- quotes and everything that refer to Bobby, and that's okay. um, so it's referring to the same person. But for anybody that wants to look more up about this, um, I chose to call him Kwan for that reason. Okay. Um, he loved the outdoors and his dog, and he had just started a new school, but it was during COVID, so I'm not sure if it was in person or virtually, but. Essentially, he was just like a sweet kid. He ha- he was dyslexic, so he had a little bit of trouble in school. But he was um, just like a, a nice guy. And his dog's name was My Baby. So Aww. it kind of gives you an idea of like what kind of like little yeah. guy he was. And you said he was 15? He, he's 15. Okay. So I think he was probably right at the age of like going from that sweet kid yeah. that named his dog my baby to somebody who's trying to find their footing figure mm-hmm. out where they fit in yeah um and that will sort of come into play mm-hmm. so on the day of october 30th which is the day before halloween uh Kwan was last seen leaving his father's house in baldwin louisiana mm-hmm. uh he was going to meet up with his friend gavin irving a white kid who was 17 so two years older than Kwan. Gavin and Gavin's mom picked Kwan up around 3 p.m. while uh, Kwan's dad, Kenneth Jacko, was out shopping. Um, and when Kenneth came home, he found no Kwan, but he did find the dog, my baby, was left behind, mm-hmm. which was what raised a red flag for Kenneth because he never left the dog behind. But at the same time, Kwan's mom, Roxanne Nelson, was supposed to have picked him up from his dad's house around three to get a haircut. Um, so there was some sort of cross of miscommunication of like, oh, 
she was supposed to go get him. Mm. He's not here. Maybe she did get him, but the dog is here. So there was a little bit of like, what, what quite is happening? Yeah. And then he hadn't heard from Roxanne to see if she got or didn't get him. If that, you know, makes sense. But yeah, it's yeah. just, it seemed like there's just, just sort of like this thing that happens when it, with, uh, you know, co-parenting. Co-parenting, yeah. Where, you know, stuff falls Miscommunications, yeah. Miscom- yeah, exactly. Um, and then Kenneth, Kenneth maintains that he has never heard of Gavin and did not give permission for Kawan to hang out with him or for Gavin's mom to pick them up. Hmm. So I could see Kawan sort of, you know, as that kid in high school, just at a new school, meeting a new friend, an older friend, trying to figure stuff out, trying to push the boundaries, especially like if his parents are co-parenting like i said like using that to his advantage and like saying like oh my mom's gonna take me for a haircut while you're gone and then using that to like go off and hang out with a friend yeah like Mm -hmm. you know like that seems like a typical Typical. kind of 15 Mm -hmm. year old thing to do i did stuff like that yeah all the time (laughs) all the time so by seven o'clock that night though when kenneth hadn't heard from koan roxanne hadn't seen him Kenneth forced open Kawan's locked bedroom door uh, and the room was empty. Now, the locked door was interesting because that yeah. seems like Kawan is trying to, like, cover his tracks or get out of being punished because, mm-hmm. like, I, I mean, maybe he had a specific key, but usually you don't have keys for inside doors. So it seemed like he maybe he was trying to stall and sneak back in the window or something or thought he would be back by mm-hmm. then. Um and this this but is what time at night? That's seven o'clock at night. So he had been gone for four hours at that point. Huh. And so, I wonder what the um, and this is a random thing, but I wonder mm-hmm. uh, what year. Well, you wouldn't know this, but what year this house was built? Oh, I have because no idea, no. yeah, because actually in newer homes or essentially newer homes from like the nineties and to now secondary bedrooms don't have locks on them only only the master bedrooms do interesting and it's for that reason so that kids can't Mm -hmm. either lock themselves in or out Mm. so that's interesting yeah well i'm guessing this is the older house then Mm -hmm. um i don't know anything about like baldwin louisiana or anything but there's not a lot of um Actually, there's, like, pockets of wealthy places in yeah. Louisiana, but it, they're usually, like, closer to... I, I Actually, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I've so, been to Louisiana, uh, uh, like, a couple times, and I think that... Uh, I'm not sure of that specific area, but there are older... It's older development. There's not a lot of new development happening. Right, yeah. right. And if it is new development, they're, like, big, sprawling... Mm-hmm kind of houses in the suburbs and this is not the yeah. vibe that i'm getting from okay. this yeah um but i don't know i didn't get any specific addresses or anything so mm-hmm. i i'm not sure but so at 7 p.m when kenneth knocks down the doors to see his room empty mm-hmm. uh kenneth and roxanne report Kwan missing to the baldwin police mm-hmm. so we know how that goes mm-hmm. right been missing for four hours at that point yeah. But Kenneth was gone for longer, so he didn't actually know what time 
cool one has been missing for you know the police suggested that he had just gone to a football game they asked if he had a troubled past yeah of course um didn't really matter that he's 15 and a minor but probably worst of all the police waited three days to ping his cell phone oh which they could have just done right then jesus um and as we know from all the way back season one episode one three days is a lot of time to prevent something horrible from happening yeah and in those three days the police gave no indication that they were searching for him they didn't alert local news nothing roxanne and kenneth were just kind of stonewalled and just kind of like told like yeah 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 we get it and then but there's no amber alert issued nothing so on November 3rd, the Iberia Parish Police, which are is different from the Baldwin Police, um, they were finally alerted of Kulwan's disappearance. So it went from being like a small town jurisdiction to a countywide mm-hmm. jurisdiction. Um, and because of that, they immediately started searching for clues for like, you know, to give them mm-hmm. credit, even though I'm not feeling generous towards police. <laughs> Um, so they went to the Irving house with where with Gavin, um, who picked him up. Uh, but it was, I guess it was a mobile home. Um, and they asked him questions. And Gavin Irvin's mom, Janet, said that Gavin and Kawan, that she and Gavin went to pick up Kawan at three o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, they came back to the mobile home, smoked some weed, but then Kawan ran away from the house. Um, and Janet didn't report him running away and she didn't really give a reason why. Um, and if I were a parent, I, I probably wouldn't like call the police if like my friends, my kid's friend like ran away from the house, but I would call his parents. And if I didn't know the parents, then I would call the police. Um, yeah. And like run away from the house, like. I'm going to get a little bit more into okay. that. Okay, okay. Um, but uh, Kawan wasn't supposed to be there in the first place, so maybe she also kind of knew that and was, you know, one of those, like, sketchy moms or something. Yeah. But it, it sounds like she didn't really care about Kawan and Gavin smoking pot, or if she did, like... The, with the police officer that was questioning them, she just encouraged Gavin to tell the truth. I'm not really sure. But it, so there's like varying degrees of like cool parenting when it comes to like letting your kids smoke pot mm-hmm. and whatever. But I feel like you should draw the line if it's a kid and you don't know their parents and everything. And then he runs away. Yeah. You know, and it's like one thing if you're like, okay, my kid is 17. This kid is 15. He looked much younger than 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like maybe you try to like say don't do that or something. And I don't know. We don't really actually know what happened in that regard in terms of like her attitude about it. But it's yeah. like it's not legal in Louisiana, I don't think. Um, And it's like one thing if you like let your kid do it. It's another thing if you allow somebody else's child. Allow someone else's child that yeah. day. So on that same day, November 3rd, uh, the same day that they go talk to Janet and Gavin, Mm -hmm. the Iberia 
parish police find Kwan's body in a oh. sugarcane field about 20 miles from Baldwin, where he first disappeared. Oh, my God. And I just feel like it's so extra disgusting that, like, his body was in a sugarcane field in Louisiana, where historically, yeah, like so many black people were mm-hmm. killed in sugarcane fields oh my God. and everything. I just feel like that yeah. was like extra sickening to me. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, so the sheriff's office told Kwan's family that according to the autopsy, there was water found in his lungs. Hmm. So the official cause of death was drowning. But he was found in a sugarcane field. He was found in a sugarcane field. Um, And in that same meeting, they showed pictures of Kawan's body to his family. Which I'm like, is that a thing? Oh my god, no! (laughs) Unless unless they asked to see it, maybe. I don't actually know. I mean, uh, well, maybe it's like the same as like identifying the body. Like, where they ask Maybe. you to come down to the, like, the coroner's office yeah, or whatever and identify the body. Be. I don't know. I, oh. I got kind of like, ugh. Ugh, weird. Um, well, my first reaction, is- I thought you said that they released, I thought you were going to say that they released those photos, like, to the public. And I was like, oh. what? And then when you said their family, no. I was like, wait, that's still not okay. <laughs> but. No. And I don't know. Yeah, maybe it was about identifying, but I don't, I don't know if this was in person or like over Zoom because it's still. OK. It was yeah. October, but it was in Louisiana. So I don't know like what the rules were. Yeah. Then yeah. In terms of COVID. But the thing about the photos is that his face was so brutalized and beaten. Oh, my like, God. You know, and his teeth were kind of like outside oh, of no. his mouth that it was like, wait he drowned like if he drowned why was he beat up yeah and if he and if he was this beat up why are the police acting like it was an accidental death yeah so oh god they're also in the autopsy they noted scratches on his face Mm -hmm. and other sort of wounds but the autopsy said that that was from quote aquatic animal activity um, um i'm sorry what so like the what, the gators in louisiana are now like in a sugarcane field like so there's okay <laughs> so they're saying that he was scratched in the face by some aquatic animal and then brought to the sugarcane field well so in look in researching like where he was found it looks like it was sort of like in the drainage area of the field so sort of like in a lower ditch sort of at the outside of it so okay. there was about two feet of water around where he was and it was october november in louisiana louisiana gets a lot of rain so i'm like yeah. okay like i'm i'm starting to like understand it's not like you know if somebody was found drowned here on the side of a mountain where there's like literally no water anywhere in sight yeah so so you're not actually thinking that his body was drowned in another place and then moved to the sugarcane field it was i don't okay i don't know okay 
like there's so many questions mm-hmm. um that I just don't know. But yeah. uh upon seeing the photos, Roxanne, Quan's mom ran out of the room. Um she, uh, yeah. Yeah, and she said it looked like her son had been tortured. Which again is not how somebody who drowned yeah. looks. Yeah. Um Ron Haley, who is one of the three civil rights attorneys representing the family, mm-hmm. uh, argued about the cause of death. Um, he was, And he said there's no more than two feet of water in the area where Kwan is found. And, quote, if, in fact, he did die of drowning, and we're saying that as an if, we're calling into question how exactly that would have happened, end quote. Um, yeah. He was talking to the New York Times here, and he said... Can somebody who's five foot six typically drown in two feet of water? No, not unless there's another cause associated with that. Mm-hmm. Which, for the amount of his face was beat up, like, maybe there's something else that was happening. Um, so, Kawan's family ordered an independent autopsy with oh. help uh, from a very successful crowdfunding campaign. Because oh, I do good. want to acknowledge that, like, a lot of families that find themselves in situations like this don't have the means to uh, do independent autopsies or yeah. uh, file lawsuits or anything like they and people showed up for uh, for them, which is good. And this is, again, after George Floyd's murder, after the Black Lives Matter movement has brought awareness to like the amount of yeah things like this that happen. Um, so... Kwan's disappearance had gained a lot of um, interest and traction because of that. Yeah. So on November 16th, about two weeks after he went missing, the mm-hmm. results of the independent autopsy were leaked. And I don't know, um, I don't know who by, but, mm. um, and that independent autopsy also said that the injuries were consistent with drowning, but mm. it doesn't definitively state a cause of death. So it seems like there probably was water in his lungs. Yeah. Um, but it couldn't determine if it was enough to. Yeah. To drown you know, kill him. him. Yeah. To drown yeah. him. Um, the other thing it said, though, that it didn't say in the original autopsy was that Kowan was naked when he was found. He was? Which, yeah, <gasps> is questionable. Yeah. Was there any signs of sexual assault? No signs of sexual assault. Okay. But it then came out that there was, I don't know how, but I don't know by who, if it was video camera, if it was witnesses, but it states that Kowan was spotted, quote, crawling in culverts near a school. And he became combative and threatened to kill himself after smoking drugs possibly marijuana or mushrooms that's what this is saying and that there was a positive toxicology report and the behavior oh i guess it's both of this because the behavior was caught on video and relayed by witnesses that indicated possible psychosis um wow so so that's like okay okay so if he did have some sort of bad reaction to mm-hmm. some sort of drug. There were people that saw him that didn't help, that didn't do anything. And again, like, 
this is an example of like, okay, are you going to call the cops to help somebody in this? Because that's putting him in a different kind of danger, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's the point where it's like, okay, if there was a social worker number that we could call to send a social worker out that could mm-hmm. de-escalate and help him, help you know, if he, if he was having a bad trip or something. Yeah. Um, the thing that I'm like, meh about is like, okay, uh, the toxicology report said that the amount of marijuana and alcohol in his system found was so low that it doesn't indicate that that would be that would cause that kind of mental break so there was marijuana and there wasn't any any, that's it yeah and there wasn't anything else in his bloodstream now mushrooms i don't think come no up on drug tests also could the weed that he smoked been laced with well wouldn't that come up in the toxicology report if it was like pcp or something yeah this is why i'm like there's Um, so much mystery around this because it just doesn't make sense so what i'm sure you're gonna get into this i always get ahead of you so (laughs) what did the because he was obviously smoking at the trip that motorhome so did did they know what possibly could have went down I don't Were know. Were they interviewed they at all? They didn't have any bad reaction to it. So, huh. and there's no there's no indication that he was on any, like, medication or anything that could have had a bad mm-hmm. reaction. Um, I have, like, a little bit of a theory, but mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like nothing has happened yet. So, back to this... Um, autopsy this independent autopsy Mm -hmm. it also said that there was no quote pre-mortem trauma or natural disease which again is kind of denying the fact that his face was so So, yeah so they're saying that did somebody beat him up after after he died yeah i i don't i don't know because it would have had to happen like right after for him to swell and bruise and bleed bleed yeah I, it's so bizarre and it doesn't fill in any of the blanks no and even if they're trying like the first autopsy saying that it could have possibly been like aquatic life or whatever that did this like i don't understand that theory because i'm pretty sure if there was like an alligator who like they would have eaten him him. Yeah. yeah they would have eaten him or at least you would have had signs of some sort of, like, animal, like, sign, like, you know what I mean? Like, taking a chunk yeah. out of his face or something like that. Like, but just for, like, scratches and bruises. Like, alligators don't just beat the shit out of corpses. Like, I don't understand what that is. Yeah. That's so crazy. I don't know. It's so, it's so bizarre. Um, So it's like... But but he obviously saw people because mm-hmm. people said that he was threatening to kill himself. He obviously was suffering from some sort of mental yeah. break, maybe caused by substances, maybe not. Um, you know, it just seems sort of strange. But Chase, this is going to be a hard name for me to say, Chase Trich- Trichel. Okay. 
it's not that hard of a name, but for some reason it's hard for me, um, <laughs> who is one of their lawyers, one of the family's lawyers, said, quote, if the scientific explanation is drowning, okay. Now mm-hmm. let's narrow the focus to how Kowan came to drown in a sugarcane field. Mm-hmm. He was an able-bodied person before he ended up face down in the water that was ankle deep. And again, oh, that's so yes. crazy. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, let's figure out what... There's why he was there and like even if it was the drugs even if it was the drugs i just don't like believe he have a seizure like if it was an accident like this very well could have been an accident but like the beat up face makes me think it wasn't but yeah. he could have had a seizure and been face down and breathing fallen and and knocked his head or something. Yeah, because even if he was unconscious, he could be could have still been breathing. Which, if he yeah. fell face down into the water, and was breathing or trying to breathe face down into yeah. in the water, but he was unconscious, that could explain the amount of water in his lungs. But it doesn't explain the injuries to his body that they're saying were sustained after he was dead. Right. So if that was the case, that he did fall into the water or hit his head or whatever and was unconscious, breathing in water, causing him to drown, then someone found him there and then beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Which doesn't... Yeah. Would, exactly. I mean, maybe. I don't know. So, okay. On November 17th, the Baldwin police reveal, released surveillance footage that shows Kwan sitting by the side of the, of the road outside his dad's home. Mm-hmm. And a car pulls into the driveway and he runs to it. Two people get out of the car and they go to the back of the house. And the police believe that this is Janet and Gavin Irving who came to pick him up. Yeah. And that they went to go play with the dog, my baby. Got because it. Because okay. Gavin was the one that gave Kwan the dog. Mm. Which I was like, oh. Okay. But Gavin's, I mean, but... Kwan's dad had never heard of Gavin. But that's how he got a dog. Yeah. Which I found kind of like, Hmm. again, okay, like maybe it's like a 15 year old kid thing and he's just like, I got a dog from a friend. Don't worry about it. Like, yeah. And how involved, because you said that they were co parenting, right? So is, was this a situation where he brought the dog? with him every time he visited dad and mom or whatever. Yeah, I, I believe so. So then yeah. maybe, yeah, there, it could have been where like really the, the obtaining of the dog and the information surrounding that was really when he was with his mother and he was just right, bringing the dog she with him. Also, she also said that she never gave permission for him to be with them. She didn't, okay. I don't think she said whether or not she knew them, knew or them or not. Okay. Yeah. But so they go in the back and then a a little while later they come back out. Kwan gets in the car and they drive off. So there's no abduction, no kidnappings. Yeah, he he went willingly. Yeah. Yeah. And then according to an article by The Cut on November 24th, the police still had not declared this a homicide, but they were, quote, investigating it as if it were a homicide, but Mm. not outright saying it. Which is like, okay. Hmm. I don't know I don't I don't know like what the point of that is but that's like a that was a month almost a month after he went missing 
Um, the police claim to have, quote, talked to people in Kowan's life and are tracking their whereabouts, which is like, that does, that's, that's saying nothing, yeah. you know? And this was in response to the public backlash, like Beyonce posted about this, like okay. there's a lot of public backlash. So I think that was them being like, we're talking to people. Like we're, Ooh. we are doing some sort yeah. of investigation. Yeah. Meanwhile, on the week of the 24th. Witnesses said that the Irvings were evicted from their mobile home, mm-hmm. but no reason was given. So they're, like, in the wind now. And they're the last people to have seen him. Ugh. But by this point, Kwan's disappearance and death had garnered, you know, national attention. And um, the ACLU stepped in on behalf of his family. So Kenneth, Roxanne, and their team from the ACLU maintained that the police didn't act fast enough when they reported Kwan missing mm-hmm. and dismissed their concerns because he was black. There was no alerting the local news, no Amber alert set out that a minor was missing. They just like didn't do shit. Uh, and again, we know three days is a long time and yeah. we don't know. They don't know how long he was out there. They, they don't know when in that span of three days mm-hmm. that he actually died. His they don't have a time of death based point? on the the autopsy it was like inconclusive and it was like his clothes are gone they didn't find him where are his clothes yeah you know so then their theory is that he so he was so drugged out or had such a reaction to these drugs that he did that he got naked fell face down unconscious in ankle deep water and drowned and then aquatic life beat him up yep cool cool okay and even if he even if he did die that same night october 30th Mm -hmm. if there was an amber alert he saw people that night they could have identified him yeah they could have sent patrol cars to, to find go, him. yeah, and I, I think I do. I think based on what I, you've told me so far, I feel like he did die that night because if the drugs, I think it makes the most sense. Yeah, if like it, if, if if that's what we're going with. Yeah, the drug. If it's theory. the drug theory, the drugs would have worn off at some point, and he would have. But that's uh, that's the other thing about this autopsy is that the the amount of drugs in his system were so low that mm-hmm. he could have died the next day and had metabolized whatever else he took. Mm. So I just like, it's, it's honestly, this is an infuriating case. Yes. Yeah, nothing I'm, makes sense. Yeah. Nothing makes sense. Oh. So the Baldwin police reportedly, um, okay. So the day that Kenneth and Roxanne, October 30th, reported him missing the baldwin police entered kowan into the national crime information center as a missing person or a runaway which i guess is like the similar Mm -hmm. thing but didn't notify state police who they're the ones who can determine whether or not to issue an amber alert so chase Mm -hmm. trish chase trishel the family attorney said quote it begs the question had protocols been followed would kowan be alive today uh, probably, and, yeah. <laughs> yep. And he also said once this became public, almost every local news station said we had no idea a child was even missing. Which is like, uh, okay, like 
so that's definitely <laughs> like <laughs> just make a freaking phone call police yeah you know oh and my God. the the way that they found his body mm-hmm. was that they pinged his cell phone three days later so they could narrow down the search field and that's how they found him. So, so they, they could have done that, done that that day. The yeah. night that he was reported missing. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's he could so still infuriating. Be and the Baldwin police, to add insult to injury, Baldwin police told a local news station that the office didn't have the ability to ping his cell phone. But according to News 10, that news they, station, yeah. cell service providers routinely ping phones on behalf of law enforcement. So they absolutely did have... Oh, my. Oh, God. So, Trishel said, let's be clear. What they did was call Bobby's cell phone. By their own admission, they said, we called the young man. We texted the young man. If that's all they can do, they are already doing what mom was already doing. Yeah. If that's all they can do, it's supremely inadequate. And this is going to keep happening. Yeah, if all they can do is call and text a cell phone, then what the fuck do we have police officers for? What do we have? Ridiculous. Why? Like, if all you can do is what I can do, then there's no reason for you to even be doing your job or being paid to do your job. Nope. Not at all. So Roxanne Nelson, Kwan's mother, gave an interview to ABC, and she said they could have done more. They didn't. They didn't do what they were supposed to do. Had they done what they were supposed to do, my son would be alive today. I feel because my son was black, it didn't matter to them. Mm. And I honestly have to agree. Yeah, me too. Because it's why Janet didn't call the police. It's why mm-hmm. when he ran off, like, it's why they didn't take them seriously. It's why they didn't call Amber. Alert. Yeah. Like, because if any other 15-year-old white kid mm-hmm. w- went missing, all hands would be on deck. Yeah. And we've and it's been it's been done that way before. So it's like the people that are like, oh no, you don't know if that would be the case. Oh, we absolutely do because we've seen it before. We don't need mm-hmm. to see it time and time again for this to to for this case to prove that that's true. And right. it's it's so ridiculous. And it's, it's like so ridiculous. I, I just I can't I still like story after story, case after case. I just cannot wrap my head around the amount of times police do nothing. We pay our tax dollars pay for them and they do nothing to support the like serve and protect part of of their job. Mm-hmm. You don't get to pick and choose who you get to protect and who you get to serve. If you feel like yeah. you have that right to choose, then you guess what? You need to switch your job. You need to find another yeah. profession that allows you to be actually no. No one should have the 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 right to to pick and choose about who they they can provide protection for. It's not that's yeah. not okay. And I don't I still just don't get it. And it's just I mean, the and the other thing for me is <sighs> like seeing these cases and comparing them to the white cases that we hear about all the time is that how can people look at these things and still think that there isn't systemic racism that there isn't a problem that there isn't even even on the best case scenario there isn't internal biases at play yeah you know because maybe somebody's not outright racist or doesn't think that they're outright racist but like this is the shit that happens 
when you don't confront that shit in yourself yeah you know but it's also the the fact like the reason that that is is because people aren't really they don't care unless it directly affects them i've been saying this you know i have many friends who believe that that the that defunding the police is not you know or the police brutality is not a thing and it's just like yeah because you don't you don't care unless it affects you yeah if it directly affects you is when you want to act yeah because the police i'm gonna go out on a limb and say those friends of yours are white Mm -hmm. um and in my experience, like, I personally have not had a bad experience with the police as a white person. Mm-hmm. And I n- think that a majority of the white people I know have had good experiences with the police. Yeah. And have had the kind of police experiences that you want to believe the police provide, yeah, right? for everyone, but that's not the case. To protect and, pre- and serve, right? But there's two police forces. Yeah. There's that police force. And then there's the police force to everybody that doesn't look like us. Yeah. And that's the thing that people cannot. No. Understand. And that's why I'm like. That's why I I like. I don't understand. But like I. I know why people think like. Well that's not real. Like police brutality isn't real. Mm -hmm. All this kind of stuff isn't real. Because look at the way look at my evidence look at the way that i've experienced Mm -hmm. the police and that you can't comprehend that there's two different ways of being and two different ways that like one person in situation a can be an upstanding citizen and in situation b can leave someone to die yeah like it doesn't it's it's Mm -hmm. almost impossible for people to like reconcile the two and it's like the fact is person that one person in situation a is not an upstanding person if in situation b they're leaving somebody to die Mm. that does not make an upstanding person yeah it doesn't and i think that there's so many people that just you know they're not able to view the world they're not able to put themselves in other people's shoes because they're like well why would i want to do that why would I want to yeah. experience life the way somebody else experiences it or experience the police the way that you say, you know, and it's like, OK, yeah. well, then you don't get the right to have an opinion about the uh, the way the other person does feel about those situations. You yeah. know, like you can't control what someone else's experience was because you're not comfortable with that truth yeah. or because you didn't experience yeah. it yourself. Like that's. It, and it's not e- like even when it's you explain safe. it to them in that way, like you don't, you know, and I'll, I'll <laughs> I won't specify any names or anything like that. But like even just, you know, when, you know, the defund the police started, you know, last year and, and people that was kind of like the cry of 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 the of the Black Lives Matter movement and how mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's still you know, uh, Confederate monuments still standing. There's still people who are still creating and producing the, com- the, the Confederate flag and, you know, how there is states and cities that still honor these, this type of history. And I had somebody say to me, it's a part of our history. We shouldn't be getting, our, getting rid of something that's a part of our history. And I made, I made this, 
I, I, I just came up with it. I don't even know. I think it was literally on the fly because it was in the middle of a conversation. And I know that this person um, just recently, or not recently, but had in the past gone through a really, really messy divorce. Mm-hmm. And they they were cheated on. And I said to this person and I said, so that is the same thing as me coming to you and saying, I'm going to put a uh, a huge portrait of your spouse that treated, uh, treated uh, cheated on you in your front yard. And you have to keep it there. And she'd be like, what? Like, what? I don't understand what you're saying. I'm like, you have to keep it there. Of your spouse, I'm going to keep, you have to keep it on your front yard. It's a part of your history. It's a part of your history. You have to keep it there. Even though it causes you pain, I understand that it causes you pain, but it's a part of your history. So you should keep it Mm -hmm. there. And they were like, kind of didn't know what to say, but they were like, that's not, that's not your choice. And I'm like, well, it's not your choice either to make sure that these, that to make it these monuments that cause other people pain still standing. Yeah. And it, and I said, and this is exactly what I'm talking about. It does not, it, you don't care unless it directly affects you. So when I just made it personal for you and I just made you understand it from a personal level, that's when you were like, well, that's not fair. So, and it's just the thing that you have to make people realize it from a personal level, but not everybody is able to do that. And not everybody has a me that can sit there and make them think about it, think about it that way. Yeah. Because that is not your job at all. No, that's their job. They need to be doing that. Like the fact that you have a podcast and you talk about that shit, like none of this is your job. Mm -hmm. Like that is for me as a white person to deal with with other white people yeah for everybody Mm -hmm. for black people for asian people for latinx people like yeah i have to hold my people accountable Mm -hmm. you know and the fact that you are doing that i think is a testament to who you are but you absolutely do not need to do that and i and i know that at like the core of me and i also there's times where you know i i just don't feel like contributing to the conversation and i change Mm -hmm. the subject because i don't have the energy to always be schooling other people on what's right and what's wrong what's moral and what's not so the but there is times where i do you know do truly care about that person and i'm just like you're just Mm -hmm. not getting it and one day you will get it you will understand this because you you care about me too and it's like you only care if it directly affects me and again i have not dealt with anything personally racist against me real like really that that i can think of that i've been person and i'm sure i've been passed up for jobs i'm sure i've been you know stuff like that is obviously Mm -hmm. you know inevitable in my lifetime but nothing where i've been treated differently among my my peers and the people in my life like i've never that's never happened to me and Mm -hmm. i've also never had a bad experience with police officers so but I do know people that are like, well, have you? And then they, they get upset on my behalf if I have ever experienced that. And it's like, yeah, because it's personal to you. It affects you yeah. because it affects you me. You shouldn't have to go through and I'm that like, to care exactly. about it. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have to go through that type of pain for you to start caring. It should be something mm-hmm. that you're like, wait a minute, we should all be caring about this, whether yeah. it affects me or not. I used to say this to people 
you know, I grew up Christian and I still uh, value those that how I was raised. And, you know, in in my religion, abortion is not okay. People believe that abortion is murder. But I do know people who I who I went to church with to people, friends of friends who I went to church with who got pregnant. And then they got a, a, an abortion and their parents who were super religious and super like abortion is a sin and all of that were all okay with abortion if it directly affected them. Mm-hmm. They wanted, they want to be out there screaming on the streets that abortion is murder until it's their kid that accidentally gets pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then, then all of a sudden abortion is okay because they don't want to bring a, a kid into this world without, with their 16 year old. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's the same thing. Like you, you don't believe in abortion until it's you, until it has something mm-hmm. to do that directly affects your life or your image or the way you look to other people. So don't try to make well, this like, like, like it's some kind of moral issue that you don't believe in. Yeah. It's not, it's about vanity. It's about the things you want to be perceived as a certain, you know, way. Yeah. And then once I mean, something comes in and fucks that up, then you want to be okay with it and keep yeah. it a secret. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're describing white privilege. Right. Yeah. Where you can check out of things, not care about things Mm -hmm. and argue for the status quo until it affects you personally. Yeah. And then that's where you get things like white people that commit a crime and then are surprised when they're found guilty. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. they thought they could get away with it because of the messages the world is sending. And going back to like the Confederacy being part of our history and Mm -hmm. whatever. It is a part of our history. Yeah. It's not a part of our history that we should take pride no. in. No. That's the difference mm-hmm. here. It doesn't mean that you're... I. It doesn't... It's not about, like, Southern pride. Mm-hmm. Because that's a different thing. Like, if you're proud of being from the South, I think that there's a world in which you can be proud of being from the South. Yeah. That's fine. But you have to acknowledge the bad part of that. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you have to be proud of the bad mm-hmm. part of that, you know, yeah. and the bad part of that. I mean, slavery and history of yeah. racism. Yeah. Just like, you know, I'm from Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I'm proud to be from Los Angeles. I live on stolen land and that's not something I'm proud of. Yeah. I'm not proud of the Spanish monks that came out and gave uh, disease ridden blankets to the native people to commit genocide. No. I'm not proud of that. Mm-hmm. But you can acknowledge the horrible parts of your history without being proud and perpetuating what they mean. Yeah. Like, those are two very different Mm -hmm. things. Yeah, agreed. (sighs) Anyways. Or not anyways, but continuing. Continuing. Um, So, the ACLU of Louisiana is joining Kwan's family in their calls for justice. And they said, quote, the disrespect and the lack of transparency demonstrated by local officials in response to Bobby's tragic and suspicious death is unacceptable, um, said Alana Odoms Herbert of the ACLU. We join the family in demanding a full and transparent investigation into the circumstances surrounding Bobby's death. So with all that in mind, on February 10th, 2021, so like last month. Oh, my God. Uh, as we record this, it's last month. Mm-hmm. Um Four months after Kowan went missing, Janet Irving was arrested. Ooh. 
Gavin's mom. But she was arrested on charges of failing to report a missing child and aiding in the delinquency of a minor, which she admitted to because she said she didn't call the police when he ran away from the house. Yeah. Okay. So that's good news for Kwan's family because what I didn't say is that back in December 2020, because of the success of that GoFundMe account or the crowdfunding account, Mm -hmm. they hired a private investigator to work the case. Okay. And the private investigator was the one who got all the information needed Uh to be able to get Janet arrested. Wow. So the police went and questioned her. The private investigator went and questioned Mm -hmm. her. But the police didn't act on anything she said until the private investigator said, I have this information. Yeah. uh, Information, too. Okay. Wow. Which is fishy. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, Janet, they interviewed Janet and Gavin and Janet admitted to picking Kwan up. And since they were the last to see them, uh, Kwan's family felt confident that she was involved. But there's no actual evidence linking Janet to the murder. Yeah. So hmm. this is where I'm like, okay. Um, s- <sighs> like, you know how Al Capone was arrested for tax fraud mm-hmm. instead of like all his gangster stuff? And yeah. like, that's how they got him. Yeah. That's, I'm wondering if it, this is something that they're doing here. And they have some sort of information that they're not putting out or there's something else involved because it seems very weird to arrest her, set her bail at $400,000, but not charge her with murder Yeah, for this. Which makes me feel like something happened that we don't know about that isn't the public hasn't announced maybe or the police haven't announced maybe because of their investigation or, you know like how police keep things yeah close to their chest so people can't like run away or hide things or mm-hmm. or maybe they're using her as bait or something yeah. if somebody else was involved i don't really know yeah but it seems weird unless or or they're folding to pressure and they needed to make an arrest and she admitted to mm-hmm of you know something wrong yeah like maybe there's just like one piece of evidence that they you know since it was last month yeah that are that's just not that the public is just not aware of yet and it's because you know like and like you said it's just like sometimes the police hold things you know close to the belt because if the public did know like there might be a piece of evidence that that we don't know about and right. she, you know, and I, the when you said it was like the, the the mom and she didn't call, like my first thought was like, what if there was some sort of, cause like, uh, I, I don't want to mom shame either, but like, if you're going to let your son, you know, 15 year old do drugs, fine. But like, if you're willing to put another child you know loop them into this this not so great decision like i wouldn't put it past her for something to have went down during this this time whether it had been an altercation between the boys or something that 
then she went into like hyper I'm need to cover this up. I need to protect not only my kid, but protect myself because right. I'm the one that put him in this position. See, that's where I went to. But then the thing that makes me question is the footage and the people that saw Quan wandering around alone during that time. Mm. Yeah. So I, it, it, I just don't, I don't know. And it's like, you know, to be fair is like, we don't really trust the police and their judgment, I think from the get go. So like why we're trusting that they've arrested somebody and that's, the right call here but maybe it's not the right call Mm. you know like yeah i could totally see them making this arrest to just be like we made an arrest yeah yeah leave us alone we you know and then they could they could always like if anything that they do have on her is the neglect the neglect to protect a minor and right which is what they have yeah and it's like it's like it's been over a month almost it's been almost two months yeah so if they had a murder charge wouldn't they have enough to charge her with murder at this point i don't know yeah and maybe they, they maybe they enough, don't you know. and they're trying to just pressure her and she, yeah you know but and then like yeah. i bet it seems like a long time but i guess maybe it's not yeah and i bet that like I don't know what the laws are specifically about questioning a minor without the parent's consent or a lawyer, but I mean, what does Gavin say? Well, his name wasn't even released for the longest time because he's only 17. Oh, okay. So I think, or he was 17, but I think maybe now he turned 18, which is why his name is out. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But And a 17 and 15 year old, I mean. I know it's a little, it's a little... Uh, yeah it's like just slightly where you're like he's a little too old like he's a little too old yeah at that age every year maturity level oh god it's like you know you know huge but I, difference that also made me think because like kwan was dyslexic and he just started a new school mm-hmm. so it made me think of gabriel who went to a school for kids with learning disabilities because he had a learning disability mm-hmm. and because it was so small, everybody was friends with everybody. Okay. So I don't know if it was some maybe a situation like that. Maybe Gavin was also there mm-hmm. and they just clicked. <sighs> Honestly, I like I said, yeah. this is super unsatisfying. Yeah. Um, not that like, let me say, these cases do not exist to be satisfying. No, like, not at all. That's a really callous thing to say. But it's just like mm-hmm. there's a lot of holes because it's still ongoing. Um, but Chase Trichelle gave a statement after Janet's arrest. Mm-hmm. And he said, quote, I think it's the first time we felt like we we're on the same page with the authorities. It's felt like we've been at odds with them the whole time. Mm-hmm. We've had trouble getting meetings. They didn't want to exchange evidence with us. And just recently that sort of changed. So it's kind of nice to feel like we're an ally with them versus an adversary. So mm. I don't know. I mean, I do kind of trust family instincts yeah over about this stuff and it does like whether or not janet was directly involved with his death she is responsible because she was the parent she was the adult yes, in the situation definitely. he was under her care mm-hmm. in a way that was not 
like without permission from his family Mm -hmm. and she let him go and she didn't say anything she didn't tell anybody she didn't try to find him nothing yeah she definitely failed to protect some uh, a minor and if if you know her lack of protection led to his death his death she you know she should be held accountable yeah for sure yeah and i think it's a lesson to everybody where it's like it's the sort of like, um, okay, Gabe calls me a Karen because <laughs> I do feel sometimes an obligation to speak up when I see an injustice. And I think Karens are people that speak up when they see injustices, but it's usually based on their own internal internal biases, mm-hmm. right? So Gabe tells me to use my Karen powers for good. <laughs> okay. And I feel like this is a time when Karen power should have been used for good. Yeah. You know, I think there's so much of an attitude of like, don't get involved with other people's drama mm-hmm. and all this stuff, and which is like true to a degree. But this, it's why we need somebody that we can call when we see somebody having a mental break, a 15 year old kid expressing that they want to kill themselves yeah and nobody calling anybody because they don't or helping anybody because they also don't want their you know them inserting their self into a dramatic situation or or not trying to be involved with the drama is Mm -hmm. like am i gonna make this worse for this kid Am I, is this a situation that could right. just be resolved on its own or am I going to, or me intervening, is that going to cause an even bigger issue? Yeah. So I get the hesitation there and, but I think that people would have, you know, uh, they wouldn't hesitate if they knew that there was a less, you know, there was a, a chance that what whoever they're calling is going to deescalate the situation, not make it worse. And right. so far, police don't. So far, <laughs> police don't actually de- deescalate. It either ends up with somebody yeah. dead, or, 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 or the situation is worse. Literally. So it's just, I get it. Yeah. I, I completely understand. It just feels like a, like this is a case in which every system, every person. Uh, except for his parents but like just failed him yeah you know because something happened Mm -hmm. and we don't know what and people saw him before it happened and it still is not resolved you know Mm -hmm. it's still he still died yeah so it's still like the case is still ongoing and we will update you via our instagram which is at on their behalf underscore pod um, but there's still so much that we obviously don't know. Like the whole theme, the whole thing seems to like hinge on whether or not he was hallucinating and lost control because of drugs. And like, I don't think that if all he did was smoke weed and drink some alcohol that he would have died or like been hallucinating. So something was wrong. Mm-hmm. Something was wrong. And I don't know what it was. I don't, and people saw him struggling, like I said, like, there's, there, I just feel like there's so many pieces of this that we don't know. And I hope that one day we will know because, like, he deserves justice and 
his family deserves to know what happened to him. And, like, it's just so tragic and horrifying that this, like, little boy who just loved being outdoors and loved his dog and named his dog my baby. Like, I can't, I can't get over that. Yeah. That he came to this untimely end in a way that, like, at every turn felt like it could have been prevented. On behalf of Kawan Bobby Charles, the outdoorsy dog-loving kid who is just starting to find his place in the world, thank you for listening. This week's episode was written and edited by me, Devin Balsamo-Gillis, with music by Holly Amber Church. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. On their behalf, thank you for listening.